Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good morning friends. It is a wonderful privilege to be with you guys this morning. Um, Gabo and Steve, they said, I must tell you guys, even though Brent already said, they said love. And I'm so excited to be with you guys here at Millie's, and uh, we're going to be calling Millie's, because we're at Millie's, and, and that's, that's what we do. And uh, I think, I just want to tell you a little bit more about myself, because I don't really know you guys, you guys don't really know me, and it can be so mechanical just jumping into, into the preach, and you don't really know this guy. So, so I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, my name is Edwin. I, I work at the church um, at the Table View campus, and I've been there for for about a year or so. I, I'm with I work with with Lee. I've worked with Jabal's in front here, so so it's it's, it's really nice. And uh, just a story from my childhood before we get started, which which really sums me up. I, I have a story. I thought about it yesterday. Um, and it makes no sense, it's got nothing to do with a preach, but uh, I want to tell you who I am then, so, so here we go. Um, I was uh, with my mates, we were with Trick, and we went to a dam, because I'm from Katrina and there's nothing to do. And uh, so, so we sat at the dam, and uh, just fishing. I'm not a fisherman, but my mates were there, so I, 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 I was scrubbing around and there was this fishing case and I looked for the biggest hook that I could find and uh, I found a, a slack of, it's like a shark hook I found that thing and uh, I took a piece of Buddha horse but we took big, 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 big Buddha horse yeah. and I made a little knot in the thing and, uh, I, and my mate didn't think it was funny because obviously I'm waiting the food or whatever so I threw that thing in. And you know what's the, the, the miracle that took place? As it's under the water, I didn't catch a fish, let's just forget about that. That's, that, that's insignificant. But as that, that book was, was under the water with that antithesis of Buddha board, you know what happens with me? On shore, I had faith to catch the biggest fish in that day. And I told my mate, listen, you can be here, throw your little thing, you do your little thing. Anyone funding you for only catches big fish. Okay? And that's who I am. I'm the guy who catches big fish, and I'm here um, this morning, and I have high hopes and high expectations. I don't want you to get a little something from this. I want today to be shaping. I want today to be transforming. And I want it to be massive in your life. Because I know that God, when He works, He is a worker of big things. He's a worker of miracles. God is, is the God of, of impossible things. And uh, so that, that, that's just that, that for me to you. And we are in the book of Galatians. We've been um, in the middle of the series. It's been fun. And I think you are just a little behind us. And uh, so we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 4 today. So we're going to read from verses 21 and uh, verse 21 to 23, and then we're just going to look at verse 30 as well. So if you have your Bible, you are welcome to turn to Galatians chapter 4. Otherwise, it's going to be here. Tell me you who desire to be under the law. 
Do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through the promise. And then verse 30 says, But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but children of the free woman. So the title for our message, for our time together today, is Amal Gibson's Type of Freedom. And what I mean to say with Anal Gibson's type of freedom, in the movie Braveheart, there's a scene where, where his shoulders are popping out of Poiki as they're pulling him <laughs> to pieces. And as they're pulling him and he's about to die, he yells out, FREEDOM! Like that. And freedom is to have both the opportunity and the ability to go for that which you sense and believe will be a source of unending joy. And in that moment in the movie, William Wallace yelled out freedom because he believed that freedom, true freedom, um, the end of oppression of the English into, into the Scots. Graham, welcome. Where's Graham? He's a Scot. He, he knows what I'm talking about. In that moment, he, he, he believed and he had the opportunity and the ability to, to, to he believed that if that oppression was gone, if there would be no influence from them, that would be a source of an ending joy to him and his people. So today I want us to look um, at those things and we have desires. That would be the desire of his heart. Freedom. 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 But our desires... Uh, if they do not bring us unending joy, then we are not truly, truly free, free. So the entire point of freedom is to enter into that place of unending joy. And the question that I would pose to you this morning, that I would like to lay before you this morning is, what do you think, what do you believe, or what holds the keys of freedom? And there's different things in life, and we believe different things, um, and we all chase and pursue different things. Why? Because we believe that they hold the key to freedom. For some, it's finance. You think finance is, holds the key to freedom. And then what happens is we would sacrifice great, great and big things, times with family. We would sacrifice relationships. We would sacrifice a whole lot of things. But perhaps we would do things that shaky or shady because we believe that, that finance, that money, will give us and put us in a position that we will enter into freedom. Here's the kicker. When we do that, some of you might know this, when you have a lot of money, then you have to feed the monster. And you're not completely free. And now you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place because you've sacrificed so much. And this thing that is supposed to unlock freedom to you is now you're a slave to it. And, and it, it, it's not a source of unending joy. Or it might be success. You might be, we're all good at something. The key in life is to find what that thing is that you're good at and, and, and to, to achieve a success in that. The issue is, again, you have to sacrifice lots of things to come to that place. 
And, and the classic example for this is Sportsman. So Sportsman, you have a, a finite number of years on, in which you can perform. So let's say you're a rugby player, you have 10 years that, that you can play on the highest level if you're lucky. And then you achieve that level of success, you win a World Cup or whatever, and then after that, what's there? It's not a source of unending joy, but we pursue that with everything that we have. Or if you might think it's relationships, you are single, you might think that uh, if I can only find a wife, if I can only find a husband, it would be a source of unending joy. What holds the key is a spouse. What holds the key if you have kids or you don't have kids and you desire kids and you think this might be a key that would unlock to me a source of unending joy. Anyone who's married can laugh <laughs> from their stomach. That uh, your wife does not hold the key to unending joy. Okay? In fact, it might be a prison. It might be a source of greatness. It might be you might think it is your career. If if I become the CEO or whatever, I'd be a happy chappy for the rest of my life. There and those those things. It's not true. Classic example. So I enjoy going to the gym every now and then. And uh, I see these O's. They, they walk in slow motion. I don't know if you've seen that. But there's a thing in gym where if you're bigger than a certain size, you have to walk in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> and they look you like that. <laughs> and they look in the mirror. Hey? Such good face. But I don't get it. Anyway, so... <laughs> and then you know what defiles the sport of lifting weights, right? So you walk in there, I like to try, I like to lift a little. But then they space the space space as well, right? And then they smell, and I don't get it. So it's like they go on a date with themselves, literally. <laughs> looking at themselves for half an hour, and they think that that is a key to unending joy. And they sacrifice. You can't eat anything because you have to look perfect. I have to look like the girl or the guy on the magazine, so you can't eat, you, I'm so happy. And if O's around you are eating cake, you say, I'm so happy, you can't have cake. <laughs> You're not happy. It's a lie. It's a lie. You're not happy. It's not true. And, and, and then you have that perfect six pack or, or whatever, and, but you can't skip a, a training day. I'm so happy it's winter, I can't lay in, I have to go to gym. No, it's not true. So, so, <laughs> so, get with the program. So, so it's a lie. It's, we, we, we think there are certain things that hold the key to unending joy, and it's simply just not the truth. And the sad, 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 sad reality is that lots of professing Christians do exactly the same thing. And that's what we do, and we think that will be to us a source of unending joy. For instance, if if we we, we do things uh, because of social pressures or because of a fear of hell or we do it because we want to impress other people, Christian people do these things and they think it will be a source of joy. And the things I'm talking about are going to church. And you think that's going to be a source of unending joy. But it's not a source of unending joy if you're just going to church to impress people. That's why you go to church. 
It's, 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 it's a miserable thing. Uh, you tithe because you have to tithe. You think it's going to be a source of, uh, you know, it's, it's, I do these things and then somehow everything fits together as a puzzle and then the last piece of the puzzle is Jesus and as I put that piece in the puzzle, where am I happy? That's nonsense. It's nonsense. It doesn't work like that. It's just, um, you go to life group because you have to. There's social pressures. And you feel, you, there's a fear of how all these things, and it just keeps on playing and playing and playing on one another. And the shocker is, the absolute shocker is that we can be so consumed with Christian activity that we miss out on the freedom and the one who gives us that freedom. Paul says to, to the Galatians, Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? So, so God has got something for us, and we trade the freedom that we have. And, and that freedom is when we have a relationship with Jesus, He changes us fundamentally who we are. And He changes our desires inside of us. He changes our wants, our needs. He changes everything. And now, they, the, the people in Galatia, they went and they exchanged that freedom that they have when you have a relationship with Jesus. And they say, okay, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this. And you think that's going to give you keys to freedom. And it's a shocker. It doesn't work like that. The beautiful, reassuring truth is that the work that Jesus does in your life is so complete that your desire will change. The beauty is we come, we gather, because we want to gather. I certainly hope you're not here because you dragged here. I certainly don't hope you're here because you drag us. We are here because God is drawing us towards you. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you are here because God is at work in your life, in your heart, and you are here because you cannot but be here. It's something, it's a source of joy to be among the fellowship of believers. You go because something, somehow it's an inexpressible thing. You have to tell people about the goodness and the kindness and the mercy of God. When you see people, you want to minister to them because God has done something in your life. You want the same thing to happen in the life of other people. It's not something that you have to do. It's something that took place inside of you and this is just a natural outflow of what God has done in our lives. And we give. Why? Because I, I can't not but give. No one tells me, you give a chunk of your money away every month and it's going to make you happy. You know, first thing that I do when I get my, receive my salary every month, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, and I give away because for the glory of God. And it's a source of joy to me. It does, I'm not sad, it doesn't hurt me to give things away. It's a source of joy. Why? Because Jesus saved me, and He did something in me, and now there's outworkings of these things. And I do these things that might look sacrificial to the world, but they are a source of unending joy to me. It's foolishness to the world. It's freedom for me. That's, that, that's, that's why we do it. Fundamentally, our desires change. We then do what we desire, and our desires give us so much freedom. And in my mind, I just saw us all yelling, Freedom! So I'll make peace with that last night, not going to happen. We still be peace. So I want to share with you this morning just a quick, um, just a quick story. And that's from Genesis 15. So, Abraham and Sarah. Abraham had a, had a bit of a wobble, okay? Um, God told them that he would have children. So, God calls Abraham and he tells him, 
Abraham, you will have children as innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. So he goes, he was a moon worshipper in earth, and he, he, he decides to leave everything that is familiar to him. He decides to leave his, his, the home that he grew up with, uh, a home built with brick and clay, and something permanent, and he ch- ch- chooses a tent over that, and he's going to a city, he's, God told him he's going to be a nation. So I want, when you hear the word nation, um, numerically, what, what comes to mind? Thousands. Okay, you, you think, okay, there's going to be a multiplication process of no. So it's in his tent and he's away. He, he, he trades that what he knows for the unknown, a house for a tent, he's in the desert, and uh, now he's a little bit despondent because God has promised him something and he has not seen the reality of that in his life. And, and, and he's starting to wobble and, and he's not too sure and then he speaks to God in Genesis 15 and he's got a slave the man's name is Eliezer and he says well God if you would make do something through him so he's kind of lost faith and he says and God said no your son your son will be a great nation I will bless you through, through your generation and um, Abraham and Sarah they, they lose the plot a little and they devised a plan. So he had a, Sarah, his wife, had a slave named Hagar. And he, he gave, she, Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham and they said, you two go together and have a kid together. So they do that and they have a kid. But the, the, that child was a product of man's own plan. That was the plan that they made. That was the plan they came up with something and then they said, okay, well, God, now you bless this plan. But it was a part of their own self-reliance. And God rejects our self-reliance. It's not faith. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Romans 8, 8, he who is in the flesh cannot please God. Can't, can't. Doesn't work like that. So, <laughs> sorry, my, my thing was, the first time I'm preaching from from a phone. Yeah, so far so good. <laughs> okay, so Abraham really wanted a son. It was the desire of his heart. And for me, this this is so beautiful. That it's his desire to have a son. It's his desire. He left everything that he knew because he trusted God. And then in that journey, he lost faith. And they devised a plan and they made their own plan, and now they have a product thereof, and it's Ishmael. Ishmael is the son, and now it's awkward, because it's not what God said. It's, it's something, it's the son, but it's not what God promised. And now they say, Yay, grandkids. Yay, Ishmael. Yay. Wonderful. This is Ishmael. God is great. Oh, blessings, eh? Oh, God is fantastic. Loving. Ishmael, come here, my boy. Oh, praise God, eh? Oh. So it's faith. It's nonsense. And, 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 and God wants nothing to do with that. It's false, it's dishonest, it makes it hypocritical. Yet we do exactly the same thing. We trust, we say we trust God, yet we make our own plans 
and we turn to things such as our careers, our relationship success, health, or whatever, and we say, we pretend that these things are, 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 are it's, a, it's, it's a source of joy to us, of unending joy, and it's false. And God doesn't do that. God, God, God won't let that stand. He won't bless our plans. He won't bless when we um, go to make our own plans. He doesn't receive any glory from that. It's hypocritical. So, what was God's reaction to their unbelief? And this for me is just a most beautiful story. So just think of the bigger picture. God promises Abraham. Abraham goes. He kind of loses the plot. God, here's the good news. God remains faithful. So when he changed in his mind, when he hit his wobble, God would react out of that and hit a wobble as well. God is faithful. Friends, and I stand in front of you today, and God called me to preach the gospel when I was 17 years old. Since then, I'm 33 now, I've hit many wobblies in my life. It didn't revoke the call of God on my life. I'm standing in front of you here, and I can openly confess that I've done many stupid things. I've repented of all of this. But I've done many stupid things, yet God is faithful. And I want you to know that God is faithful in your life. When God called you, when God saved you, He remains faithful. You cannot disqualify yourself by doing silly things and saying, well, you know, now now it's game over, I will never enter into that what God has got for me. If God has said something to you, rely and trust in the fact that He is faithful. You can trust Him. My sin cannot and does not change the character of God. God kept His promise to Abraham and Sarah. And um, that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful news. So I want you to stop now. I want you to listen. And then I want you to just, I want us to just a little campfire and we just want to camp around uh, around this beautiful truth that our lives are not like Ishmael's not simply owing to the work of man the reason why we are here and as a people um, is because of God alone God in us, God had a big promise he said I'm going to create for myself a people and I'm going to put my spirit within my people, and I'm going to write my laws on their hearts. And what, what that means is that, that God is taking us, and He's taking your life, and He's taking my life, and He's changing us from the inside out. And, and we don't have to do things. And see, I see a cake. So you have a cake and you have icing. So you take all this icing, and it looks perfect on the outside by just doing things. But the cake is rotten. And the icing is kind of the cover-up. And that's our work. We cover up, cover up, cover up. It looks all nice. But inside it's, 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 it's rotten. It's rotten. God isn't like that. God wants to change the entire thing. He changes the recipe. And we are become inherently. Our desires changes fundamentally. We are changes fundamentally. And we can just, just trust God. Just trust God. And, and there's this couple of things that, you know, if, if you are hitting a wobble, if you're in a wobble and you're thinking, I don't know where you are right now, but I just want you to hear the voice of God. And, and just hear that He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Huh? Rely on the fact that God will finish that when He started in you. He will see, it, see the work through to completion, to completion. Nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Um, 
Our fathers on earth who are evil now have to give give good gifts. How much more? How much more? God knows what you want, uh, what what you need. God says that He will give you the words um, what you say. He says you will receive power when my spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witness. Just trust God. And that's the difference between us and Ishmael's house. Ishmael's house and Isaac's house, um, that's the difference between them. So uh, Isaac's house, we are Isaac's people. We are people of the supernatural work of God. We are a product of the supernatural work of God. Abraham is the product of the supernatural work of God. Ishmael is the product of man's own resourcefulness. Ishmael's house won't inherit the blessing of Abraham because they can't rest and they can't trust in God, but trust and they rely on their own resourcefulness. And I just want to charge you this morning, we are free in this room to do what we love to do and we can do it forever, and we can, it will be a source of, of perfect joy. God has caused us to be born again. God has caused us to be born again. The Spirit of His Son is in us, and it is shaping our desires according to His will. For freedom has Christ set us free. And now there's, 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 a, there's a Greek word, as I close, there's a Greek word um, about timing. It's kairos. And it means the perfect time of God. And it's a pregnant time. There's time. It's a pregnant time. It's a time ready for, for things to happen. I believe in the spirit. Um, this is a chaos. This is a chaos moment. And we have both the opportunity and the ability to reach out to the things of God right now. And I want, I want us to, to, to really just engage with God. But this is a, a time is pregnant with, with God, with the things that He wants to do and can do in our lives. And, and while we have the time, the opportunity and the ability to go for those things, I know, I can assure you, it is a source of unending joy. And I want to ask you, perhaps you, 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 you've been an Ishmael type of person that, that's been going to work and, and you, you've been looking to your career or you've been looking to, your, to a spouse or for a spouse as a source of unending joy and you know what, if you're completely honest with yourself it's, it's, it's not a source of joy at all in fact it's a prison and now is a, is a moment for us to turn we have both the, the opportunity and the ability to turn to God to rely on God, to trust Him and put our trust in that and not in, in the works of our own hands and not in our own resourcefulness. So I'm going to ask you, if you are comfortable, to just stand with me and pray.
whatever the case might be. While we have the opportunity and the ability to turn to you, Spirit of God, I pray that you believe so that we can take that step of faith and enter into a space of true joy. <coughs> In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.